Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with people who know Vegas. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas. First and foremost, we'd like to thank you for your tremendous response to our social media efforts over the last several months. Our numbers continue to rise and we really enjoy meeting you online. Now, on today's show, we reconnect with one of our favorites, Impressionist Rich Natoli. We'll find out what Rich has been up to lately, which includes the making of a film. Also with us is the former play-by-play broadcaster for the Miami Heat and an expert analyst of sportscasters, David Halberstam. David will be discussing a name familiar with Vegas sports fans, Howard Cosell. All that and some of our great team of Vegas experts are here, including your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of Vital Vegas. Mr. Big is here as well with a Christmas tale that was just too bloody to play on Christmas. Luxury Living Vegas Style is back with the star of Flipping Vegas, Gady Madrano, and America's First Master Sommelier, Eddie Osterlin, talks about great dessert wines. He's back, our favorite impressionist in all of Las Vegas, really all over the place. Rich Natoli is with us again. It's great to hear from you. A lot of these great shows that we're used to seeing a lot in Las Vegas that are open all year, just now starting to get back on stage. December and January are technically very slow months for shows in Vegas. Um, so it's really really slow for, for shows. But, uh, yeah, I've been freelancing some shows and just kind of uh, – kind of just getting back in the swing of things with all this stuff. And, uh, and then, you know, then we, you know, I wrote the movie uh, story along with John Pate, who's a incredible writer and comedian. I, I wrote the story and John did all the scene by scene and, and uh, we won uh, the best Christian screenplay award for a movie called uh, faith wins the wild card of the strip, which starts shooting in, in January. We're really excited about this, and we wanted to talk with you about it. What a better way to spend the pandemic if you have to be stuck in a room or what have you to come up with something like this. First of all, you know, how did this concept start? Because I think it's a great idea, and of course, there's a lot of interest in the uh, in the faith films and so forth. Yeah, well, you know, here's here's the truth of, of, of how this came about. It was <laughs> the story was actually told to me in a dream, if you can believe it. And the person in the dream was telling me the entire story, told me even the title, Faith Wins, in the dream. I, it was one of those dreams where you knew it was real. It, it wasn't like a regular dream, you know. I woke up, I looked at the clock, it was like 3.15 in the morning. So I went over to my desk and I wrote the story out exactly the way it was told to me in the dream, you know, with the title and everything. And then I went back to bed, got up the next morning and I went over to my desk and there it was all written out and I read through it and I went, wow, this is a great story. So this is really interesting. So then, okay, so then I had the story, title, everything. So then I'm thinking, okay, I got to put this in script form. And my friend John, who's a great comedian and writer, and he's written books and screenplays and things like that. And his name kept coming and popping into my head, you know? So I call up John and I said, uh, it was like a few days had gone by and I called up John and I said, John, I had this dream and the story for this faith-based movie that's going to help the homeless because it touches on the homeless subject in the movie. 
And so that's the important part of this of this uh, film. And so, uh, you know, I told him this thing, and he said, can you send me the story? I said, yeah. So I sent him a story, and he goes, Rich, this is a really great story. I, I, I'm going to start working on the scene by scene. So this is the, fun, the, the really weird part of this. Steve, so he sits down at the computer, and he says, he goes, Rich, when I sat down at the computer, he goes, the scenes were writing themselves. He goes, I've never had this happen. He says, out of everything that I've written, he goes, I, I couldn't get up from the computer. He goes, every, the scenes, every, all the word, the line-for-line line dialogue with the characters was just flowing. He, and, and he wrote all the, the scenes and, you know, to match the story and the storyline, and, and there we go. And then we submitted it to, uh, to the, 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 some of the festivals. We won the Best Christian Screenplay Award, and then we submitted to another three, and we made it to the finals of the other three. We didn't win on the other three, but we were in the finals out of all the thousands of submissions they get in three other screenplay awards. So that's fantastic. Yeah, you really do. And you know, you guys, you know, you've been around this world for a long time and so forth, but it's not like you've been putting films out there. One finally clicks. This is kind of a first go round. And I'm fascinated about that dream because if you're like me, most dreams come and go. You vaguely even remember the subject. When something comes in like that, that's just where you can sit there and literally write it out, it is different, right? I mean, that is a different well, well, thing. And, yeah, and, and, and it wasn't just a regular dream, and I knew right away that it was real, and this person in the dream, who I don't know who it was, was real, and they were very serious about me writing this screenplay. So, and I, you know, and, and so the, the important part of this movie is it addresses, well, it addresses two important uh, uh Topics. It addresses mostly the homeless issue in our country because the character that I play in the film is a comedy impressionist who's on top of his game. His name's Billy Rizzo, and he's he's just doing really really well. And then he has some tragedy that happens in his life. He never had faith in his life. You know, he loses his wife, and you know, to a tragic accident, and he basically kind of flies off the handle and just goes into a downward spiral. You know, with with drinking and gambling and all these things and 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 he he loses pretty much everything. And there's a he gets into it with a heckler on stage, and so the heckler files a big lawsuit, and the hotels blacklist him, and he can't get any work, and the judge freezes all of his assets, and so there here he is now with everything lost, and he has no faith. He doesn't know faith. He doesn't know uh, anything. He doesn't know poverty. He doesn't know what it's like to not have anything because he always had anything, but now he's got nothing for the first time in his life, he literally ends up homeless on the streets of Las Vegas and the journey begins, you know, and along the journey, he finds, he finds faith. He finds God. He, um, he had, they had they, him and another homeless guy adopt a, a stray, a stray animal on the street. That becomes a very important part of the movie. Um, as far as him finding faith, which I don't want to tell too much, but, but anyway, back with more from comic impressionist, Rich Natoli in just a moment. When you buy or sell a house, there's a lot you need besides just a good salesperson. Katie Medrano, the realtor from Flipping Vegas, is well aware that you need a powerful team behind you. But even things like title insurance and stuff, I'm sure you only work with the best, just like 
the good realtors, the smart realtors, always have. That's almost kind of a secondary team of uh, people that you kind of coordinate with. No, it's it's critical because they all we're all working towards the same goal. So for me, and I've I'll leave title companies. They mess up on a deal. I'm pretty I'm pretty brutal. <laughs> so and that's what I expect. I expect excellence from all from all sides because that's what my client is expecting of me. And no matter what the sale is, I would do just a tons of, you know, over million dollars, multi-million uh, luxury deals. But I definitely work with people with all price ranges, brand new home buyers, uh, friends that, you know, this is my first one. And, and I'll get people that are talk to me like, hey, I think this is out of your price range. But, you know, I'd really like your help with this is my first home. And I'm like, there's no outside of my price range. And that's something that I, I know some people take pride in trying to just be in this market, in this niche, but to me, I, I don't, I never, that's too pretentious for my, for my palate. I really want to help out as many people as I possibly can. And when people contact me, if I'm, if I'm really busy, which can happen, that's why I also have a team. That's why I make sure that I just don't be like, no, I'm sorry, I can't get back to you, or I, I don't return their phone calls. You know, that that type of thing doesn't happen. I make sure that they're taken care of no matter what price range, no matter who they are or what their needs are, or I can guide them towards where they can actually go to, for you know, specifically what they're looking for. Whether you are buying or selling in Vegas, you should talk to Gady. You can reach her at gatyrealestate.com. That's spelled G-A-D-Y, gatyrealestate.com. Just a reminder, for great classic sports, it's Sports R-A-C-X, which is available on radio stations nationwide and wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X. It's short for Sports Rock and Tours. And later today on Sports Rock and Tours, you'll meet one of the owners of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Art Rooney Jr. The Rooney family have owned the Steelers, one of the league's most legendary franchises since the 1930s. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manchi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Wayne Klingman, or you might know him better as Mr. Big, is out handling a dispute, but he did want to say thank you for listening to Vintage Vegas Crime Blotter every week. He also wants to remind you you can get copies of his books on Amazon. Just simply search Wayne Klingman, that's spelled C-L-I-N-G-M-A-N, again, Wayne Klingman, for the best in Vegas reading materials. Celebrity Voice Impersonated. Well, this is Dr. Phil talking at you. You know all those messed up kids you see on my TV show? Well, they're not book readers. Your kids need something fun to read. That's why I recommend American Stonehenge. It's a modern adventure story filled with great characters and mysterious plot twists. For a free preview of the first four chapters, go to jimmyandandrew.com. That's jimmyandandrew.com. Use promo code RICH25 and receive a 25% discount. Go to jimmyandandrew.com and use promo code RICH25. Get your kids reading. That way, they stay off my TV show. What were you thinking? Did Louis the Coin really soak the sheets with red wine in Rome? Yes. Did he really tell a federal court after testing positive for cocaine in his 70s that he only used coke for sex? Yes. 
Well, you can get these tales and more in the great book, You Thought It Was More, Adventures of the World's Greatest Counterfeiters. It's available now at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or at LouisTheCoinBook.com. That's Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or at LouisTheCoinBook.com. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Rich Natoli, who was a ticket taker at the Circle Star Theater in San Carlos, California, the same town that I grew up in. Rich stood in the wings and learned from the masters, Sinatra, Rich Little, Sammy Davis Jr., and George Carlin. He now lives and works in Las Vegas. What a great uh, place to set this, though, because Las Vegas is one of those places. I mean, you live there. You know that people come there. They've got It's a place of dreams, but it's a place of uh, – it can be a place of problems. People also it's, – it's a place where you can get into a situation, and if you're not – you don't have that faith to kind of drive you through it, it, it can be a, a very scary and uh, very lonely place. Very scary and lonely. It's not, not unlike Hollywood, you know, the same kind of thing where – you know, dreams happen in Vegas, dreams happen in Hollywood, dreams happen in New York, in these places um, for creative people. But there, it's a double-edged sword. You know, you have to really be confident and, and have your head on straight to be able to to uh, stay on that path because, you know, there's so many diversions that can happen in places like this, like, you know, the gambling and the drinking and, and getting in with the wrong people and that kind of thing. So, you could really lose everything before you even ever get it if you're not careful. So you have to really keep your head on straight and and uh, and stay away from a lot of these vices in order to to keep on your path to to uh, success. Well, this seems like a perfect story though for you in the sense that you've lived around it. That hasn't happened to you, thank God, and you you've had a great career. But I know you know people, friends, and so forth, where you've seen things maybe not quite that explosive, but we all face challenges and life is tough and you have to have some sort of a belief to get you through these things and uh, I, I think uh, as our society becomes less involved with the uh, the church with faith and so forth uh, it can't be replaced by the stuff that uh, we're used to in our daily lives well you know you're correct and I think see I, I, I've said this for years and I and I I've met these guys a couple of times and, uh, you know, Donnie and Marie Osmond. And, and, and I've said this for years. The Osmonds are a perfect example of how to be successful entertainers, do what you love to do, do what you're gifted to do, but keep your family, keep your family values and keep yourself out of trouble, out of uh, these bad vices that people fall into. They, they're a perfect role model. To, uh, that entertainers really should follow on how to separate the, keeping it a job and not making it a lifestyle. You see, where, where, where entertainers sometimes go wrong is they end up at the parties and, and, and making this whole show business thing a lifestyle. And it should not be a lifestyle. It should be a job. It's your job. Do your show. Love your show. Love your audience. Do your gig. Go home to your family when it's over. And I think so many people, they, they intertwine the two. They, they make it their personal life and it should not be, it should just be your career and your job. Just like anybody else has a career and a job 
doing whatever they do. Well, celebrity can kind of be like a drug, don't you think? I mean, I look at just when you do impressions and you do them so well, people get excited about it because like, oh, it's Jay Leno or whoever it is. And it just gives you an idea that if you don't have your priorities in order, uh, it can get you go to your head right away in the same way like a, like a drug hits you. Yeah, well, speaking of Jay Leno, he was he was one that kept, you know, him and Seinfeld, they kept their, you know, you never hear scandalous things about right. those people because they've, they've managed to, to keep their head on straight and stay on their path and and to not fall into the drinking and the gambling and the drugs and all that kind of stuff that gets a hold of a lot of people. Because when that stuff gets a hold of them, it, it, it goes to a downward spiral and, you know, it's very hard to get out of. And so it, you lose valuable years of wor- hard work that you put into building a career, you know, so. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps, and we're speaking to our good friend Rich Natoli, who has created and stars in a new film, Faith Wins, to be released shortly. This must feel yeah. right to you, though, because, you know, I've known you for a long time. And before that, we, we, we didn't know each other in our early days, but we were in the same area. You used to hang out at the Circle Star Theater and stuff. So you saw all these people come in. You've, you've seen the pros. You've seen people, like you, like you say, that have been managed to keep that family life. You've seen people that have had disasters and fall apart. So is this something like this movie where it's really a chance to try to... Um, Help as many people as you can. Be creative. We want great entertainers and so forth, but don't let it take over your life. Right. And what the end, what the end uh, uh, project that we want to make out of this movie is, you know, it addresses the homeless issue. It addresses animal, animal rights because there's a homeless dog on, in the movie. And so what we want to do with this is after this movie is done and we promote it and we go promote it, you know, John, my co-writer and I, we, we would like to start uh, – you know, like a telethon here locally in Vegas, entertainment telethon for for the homeless. And we've we've been doing fundraisers in different cities. Like we were just in uh, Huntsville, Alabama. We, we and we've got the uh, the Salvation Army uh, has a wonderful homeless ministry that we partnered with them, and we were doing we raised a lot of money for them and, and for our movie um, in these fundraisers. And so we would like to start this telethon to uh, to uh, help get homeless people into programs, you know, help them get, help them to get themselves what the, what the Salvation Army does, which we really were impressed with is they don't just hand these people money. You can't do that because a lot of them have addiction problems and, you know, they got, uh, you know, uh, post-traumatic stress and these different, these different kind of illnesses. So they need to be in programs. They need help. They need professional people helping them. And, you know, that costs money. And so we want to, we want to just be able to, do it once a year telethon thing to to raise money to to get these these uh, these uh, people off the streets and in the program so they can have a normal life. You know, nobody nobody should be homeless in on not only on the streets of Las Vegas. Nobody should be homeless on the streets of the richest country in the world, which is what America is. I mean, this is just insanity. There's homeless people in every city in this country, and it should not be. More with Rich Natoli, who has built a quality reputation doing corporate shows for over 250 major corporate clients, including Shell Oil, Coca-Cola, Johnson & Johnson, and Colgate-Palmolive. Time once again now to open the Vintage Vegas Crime Blotter with Mr. Big.
Well, it's the new year for the Vintage Vegas Crime Blotter, and we thought we'd do a Christmas story that was better after the holidays. Mr. Big? Yes, sir. Well, Bugsy Eagles, you know, used to run some of the largest racing wire in the United States. It was everywhere, all over. It was very, very big in Vegas. Unfortunately, he had a competitor who was competing, and you don't compete against Bugsy Siegel. So what did Bugsy Siegel get for his own personal Christmas present? His boys, people unknown, shot to death his head competitor. Shot him to death, blew him in half, in fact, outside of his apartment in the city of Chicago. Merry Christmas, Bugsy! More from the Vintage Vegas Dark Side again next week with Mr. Big. And remember, check out everything about Mr. Big at MilwaukeeMob.com. He's got books on crime and gambling, as well as merchandise. Don't forget to listen to Sports Rockin' Tours for the very best in classic sports, available wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manchie nationwide on the Talk Media Network. Hi, I'm Gordy Brown, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggie. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps. I'm Stephen Maggi, and we're chatting with impressionist Rich Natoli. Well, fortunately, the movie Faith Wins is going to be coming out soon. What's the schedule for this so we can kind of follow this? We should be done with the movie by, uh, you know, the beginning of February. Outstanding. And then we start getting into distribution. By, our way, by the way, our own producer, the great John Lindquist, uh, is going to be in the movie. I was excited to hear that. Yes, John Lindquist is playing the judge in the movie. It's a very important role, John has, because the judge is a very important a part of the movie. He is basically the one that freezes my character, Billy Rizzo. He freezes his assets, puts Billy Rizzo on the street with nothing. And he speaks with authority. Everybody that's ever heard his voice knows he can speak with authority. And my co-writer, John Pate, he's playing the, the, my lawyer in the movie and also uh, uh, important roles. You know, uh, we're using a lot of local entertainers for different roles like um, um, Joel Rigetti, yeah. great actor, and Bruce, ba- Bruce Baum, who's a uh, great stand-up comedian that I worked with on the road years ago. And he's an actor and a stand-up comedian. Bruce is playing uh, the part of Beanie, which is... Uh, the, the homeless uh, person on the street who befriends uh, Billy Rizzo and actually shows him how to be homeless on the street. And so he's got a great co-starring role. So uh, he's playing that character. So it's all good, you know. Yep, I can't wait for it. We're going to follow it here, so stay tuned to us if you want to hear as this thing goes along, and we'll have you on again when the show's released. We're still doing fundraising things. Uh, even though we're going into production, we're going to be doing still fundraising things that raise more money, more and more money for the, the movie and, and the things that we're doing with it. And uh, so if you go, if people want to want to donate 10 bucks or five bucks or whatever, they can go to GoFundMe, go to GoFundMe.com and put in Faith Wins Movie Project, you know, or Faith Wins Movie Project for the Homeless. With, uh, and you can donate, you know, Faith Wins Movie Project for the Homeless, donate whatever, you know, a few bucks or whatever to, on the GoFundMe uh, website. We appreciate that. That's going to help because ultimately what, what we're looking to do with this is we're looking to help the homeless people 
in our city. We're starting in Vegas, and we're going to branch it out and hopefully go national with it with the telethon and everything. Now, it's a great subject, and it's a great story. So Faith Wins, we'll keep reminding you about it as the weeks go on. And, Rich, uh, as you've been off, I did want to ask you one question about your comedic career, and that is you're always working on new voices. Do you have any that uh, over the last couple of years you've said, this might be a time when you, I could spend a you know, time? You know, with all this politics going on, I've been listening to this guy, uh, you know, Senator Kennedy. You, you ever hear him? Oh, yeah, he's great. I, I think the, the Democrats and what they're trying to do here, I just don't know if I agree with what they are doing here. Yeah, so I, I look at I'm looking at some of these obscure voices like that, you know, and uh, and, uh, and 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 Chris Wallace. I love Chris Wallace. You know, I'm Chris Wallace, and this is Fox News. <laughs> you know, I love the way some of these people talk. And so, I, yeah, I, I always don't listen, watch this, and you know, I listen to all the the politics and all this stuff. And of course, Trump. You know, uh, Trump. Uh, I love the way Trump talks, especially when he gives his speeches. I'm coming back. I'm coming back in a big way. In a big way, I'm coming back. So it's, uh, you know, it's all good. And uh, Jay Leno is here. He'd like to He'd like to say something. Uh, well, it's nice to be here on the Steve Maggi show. Uh, Vegas never sleeps. That is great. Well, I want to tell you, this is Bob Hope here. And I want to say, how about that? Isn't that something? <laughs> I guess he's going to have Ann Jillian or uh, Lonnie Anderson with him. <laughs> How about that Lonnie Anderson wishing you a happy new year? Isn't that something? Lonnie Anderson. <laughs> I, I love the way he used to go. How about that Brooke Shields right here, right here? <laughs> <laughs> what was funny is at the end of his career, whether he was on Carson or I, I remember listening to him on like Howard Stern's show, whatever, he had in his mind what he was going to say. I swear he wasn't even listening to the questions. He just kind of, because he knew, you know, and, and he was very good at it. You know, his, you know, I mean, all those classic guys were great. I was watching this old Dean Martin roast with uh, Don Rickles on there. And Don Rickles was introducing the people on the dais, and he goes, and uh, and he goes, oh, and he go, he go, he'll go like, uh, like, uh, like, uh, oh, oh, there's, uh, there's, uh, there's uh, Jimmy Stewart over there, and he goes, and of course Bob Hope isn't here; he's somewhere looking for a war. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's out somewhere looking for a war. <laughs> oh my gosh, those Dean Martin roasts were hilarious. They were great, and you know, you realize what superstars they were. I think you'd have a hard time doing something like that today. Absolutely, they would with all this political correctness. They sure would. Hey, you know, I wanted to mention, I went and saw Jenny Tolman. I don't know if you know, country singer Jenny Tolman mm -hmm. has recorded the Faith Wins song, Call Faith Wins. We played on my radio show, and the, show, the, 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 the song is going to play in the beginning of the movie and also, again, at the end of the movie. And she did a wonderful job. She wrote the song with John Pate, my co-writer, and they wrote this beautiful song called Faith Wins, named after the movie, and it tells of the journey of the of uh, of the Billy Rizzo character. And anyways, so I went and saw Jenny. She was at the Tropicana this past weekend, and she just is so great. She's so talented, and her name's Jenny Tolman. And the song is Faith Wins, and we're gonna have to send you that song so you can play it on your show. Yeah, I would love it. That that, that would be great. Please send me an MP3 of that. We'll have to get her on the show too. To uh, if you when, when you chat with her, I'd oh, love to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I will tell. I'll tell her dad and her manager. Her, her dad, uh, he's a talent manager. Steve Tolman. I'll tell Steve to get a hold of you and that. Uh, 
you'd love to have her on. And she's so good. And she's so personable and sweet and nice. And she's a beautiful girl, you know, so she's going to be a really big country star. They're out of, she's out of Nashville. Well, thanks, Rich. We'll keep an eye out for your new film, Faith Wins, The Wild Card of the Strip. So you finished a wonderful dinner and would like a great wine to finish the meal. Well, let's ask America's first master sommelier, Eddie Osterlin, for some advice. What do you think about sherry's? Well, sherry's, that's a that's a, a category of wine that the Americans really don't know very much about, and it's vast. They have dry fino sherry's as a Paris East, which are wonderful, right down to Olorosos and, and real sweet ones. Uh, on the other hand, you have things like port, uh, vintage port, you know, tawny port, uh, 10, 12, 15-year port, tawny ports. I love Madeiras, which are kind they're they're similar to ports. They're fortified wines. They're 18, 19% alcohol. But there's a whole cast of characters of uh, tastes that most people have never in their wildest imagination experienced. And I always want to present them at least one of those things so when they walk away, they know that what it's about, how it tastes. They could buy it themselves and they can, you know, they can look cool too. Okay, now, so let's let's talk about sherries and ports. I know they can get real expensive. I mean, some of the really good ones can cost a fortune. What about for somebody that eh, would like to try it, want to go find something in their local grocers or that type of thing? Anything you can recommend? Well, yeah. I mean, you, there there are, you know, ruby ports, which, you know, they don't cost more than $15 a bottle. And they're lovely, and they're sweet, and they're delicious, and they're beautiful. You might want to serve them at the end of a meal with uh, some Stilton cheese because they're salty and and fatty and you know the thing when you're thing that I want to teach people on this show is that food and wine, when properly paired, each amplify each should amplify each other's assets because ultimately I want to pe- get people to realize that rather than drinking wine as something to wash your food down with. It could be also looked at as a condiment, which can make your food taste better. But you know what? In order to do that, you've got to taste the food and wine in your mouth at the same time. And quite frankly, 95% of people don't. They use wine as a beverage. I mean, you would need a French fry. And then, then if I offered you a little ramekin of ketchup afterwards, you already ate the French fry. It needs to be dipped in a ketchup. Why? Because the ketchup and the French fry taste better together. Well, the wine is a stunt double for the ketchup. The wine is the same thing as, as mustard is to a hot dog. And nobody realizes that, or almost no one. So each week we're going to be giving you food and wine uh, pairings that you can show off to your friends. And they'll run off to the store and get a, you know, get a thing of goat cheese. And they'll have it with Sauvignon Blanc, a fancier Sauvignon Blanc from France. is called Sancerre. And all of a sudden they'll be going, Jesus, these things are magnetic in the mouth when I taste them together. Thanks, Eddie. For the finest and great dining, remember to check out Vegas Never Sleeps from one of America's culinary capitals. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manji, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Papa, why can't we telegraph while riding a horse? Son, there ain't no one to blame but Jeffro. He was riding old Betsy the Stallion, tip-tapping away at his telegraph, when blam! Ran right into the side of the saloon. Well, if Jeffro can't do it, neither should you. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, 
A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Did Louis the Coin really soak the sheets with red wine in Rome? Yes. Did he really tell a federal court after testing positive for cocaine in his 70s that he only used coke for sex? Yes. Well, you can get these tales and more in the great book, You Thought It Was More, Adventures of the World's Greatest Counterfeiters. It's available now at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or at louisthecoinbook.com. That's Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or at louisthecoinbook.com. Now, let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps. Before hockey and football, when you mention Vegas and sports, your mind usually turned to boxing. And the most well-known voice of boxing was that of Howard Cosell, who was a different kind of sportscaster. We chatted with sports broadcasting analyst and author of Sports on New York Radio, A Play-by-Play History, David Halberstam, about Cosell's influence on the world of sports. Uh, Cosell was an interesting man, and anyone I reached out to, and it had to be someone of age, and frankly, anyone 60-ish or above, to be frank, because Cosell's height of popularity or visibility, really in the 60s and 70s, by the 80s, he became a little bitter and critical, and by the mid-80s, he wasn't as prominent. So uh, guys like Wolf Blitzer and uh, Bob Costas and Marv Albert, Dick Stockton, and the agent David Falk and the former CBS sports president, Neil Pilsen, um, guys who are of age, they were so willing to talk about him, whether they loved him or hated him, but they had an opinion because he was unquestionably network sports' first personality. Right. And he did it daringly. Um, for one thing, uh, he took the side of Muhammad Ali in a time when the country was very divided, perhaps even more divided than it is today. You had a Vietnam War raging. The younger people were all against it. Some of the older people and the veterans of World War II at the time were staunchly for it and trying to wipe out communism, or at least not communism, uh, see communism advance in Asia. So... Uh, They were all for the war, and you had a lot of street brawls, and here was a guy like Cosell uh, taking the side of a gentleman who was first called Cassius Clay and then changed his name to Muhammad Ali, and he defended him and said, look, he's got the right to change his name, and he's got the right uh, from uh, religious beliefs not to um, be drafted into the military. Um, and people dislike Cosell for just that reason. But the two of them both grew almost in lockstep because they were always together, and uh, people either hated them or loved them, but he, uh, Cosell was the most recognized figure at the time of any sports personality. And he would also criticize athletes, which was something that wasn't done until Howard Cosell uh, came to the fore. For instance... Uh, one of my early recollections, I'm 66, uh, it was in 1962 when the Mets went into business, and he did the pre- and post-game shows, and it, those shows were a must-listen. You had to listen to them because Cosell would say things that no other pre-post announcer would do. For instance, one day, I remember this, 
he took a shot at the Mets' first-year manager, Casey Stengel, who at the time was 70, and he accused, Cosell did, uh, Casey Stengel of falling asleep on the bench of the dugout. He just never did that before. So he did that, and then, of course, in 1970, when Monday Night Football went on the air, Rune Arledge picked him um, to anchor uh, coverage. And to what we were talking about before, it became more than just sports. It transcended sports and became uh, an entertainment show, uh, Monday Night Football did. So um, Cosell was a part of that. He'll be remembered for Monday Night Football. He'll be remembered for boxing. And he'll be remembered uh, almost as a journalist, Wolf Blitzer, who commented uh, for my stories, said he uh, inspired many journalists, Cosell did, uh, to go into journalism. You know, it's absolutely true. And I remember the one thing that was amazing to me was he would sit there and say that he didn't think athletes made the best broadcasters. And mind you, he's working with Frank Gifford and Don Meredith, two guys who played in the NFL. And I always thought he, he, he had a point in the sense that it almost seemed like you had to have been in the game. That didn't necessarily make you a journalist, like you say. Yeah, yeah, no question. And he would taunt and instigate Gifford, uh, and he would go back and forth, as you know, with Meredith. Um, the first year Monday Night Football went on the air, Keith Jackson did the games, yeah. and Arledge then moved um, moved him out and put Gifford in, and Cosell was upset about it. He wanted uh, Jackson to stay on, but he also knew that he wasn't going to wage a battle there and risk his own position, um, but he, he would take sides. Uh, there, there's no question about that. Uh, he also had such a great command of the language. That yeah. any broadcaster would want to pick up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and if you read my stories at sportsannouncersreportcard.com, you'll see uh, exactly what I'm talking about. And, and uh, you know, one of the things he might say, this loss does not dull the luster of the Oakland Raiders or having a terrific year. He always had the right phrase. The yeah. only fellow I can compare to him, well, maybe two, but number one would be Costas. And what I mean by that, from a command of the language standpoint, he is never at a loss, Bob, is not. We're groping for the right word. He's right. brilliant, encyclopedic. Another guy, and this may surprise you, and you may not agree, but someone not as much with a rich vocabulary, but a character who can do play-by-play and at the same time can give you an opinion a bit of an acquired taste, and I believe he's in Vegas today, is Brent Musburger. Yeah. Thanks, David. Time now for a visit with your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Scott is one of the most influential analysts of Las Vegas today, and he now shares some news which should go to magnify that influence even more. It's that time. It is your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. And VitalVegas.com means a lot, and whenever you read it, and you should be regular readers anyway, and you see the term, and he uses it all the time, gird your loins. It's something you have to pay attention to, and I saw a gird your loins last year that said, Vital Vegas strikes partnership with Casino.org. Well, that sounds exciting. Scott, tell us all about that. Well, I am very excited, of course. Uh, Vital Vegas has always been kind of a, a passion project. I've never really made a penny from it. Uh, for many, many years as I was building, you know, kind of just giving people uh, advice to, to help them get the most out of their trip. 
also uh, casino.org, this massive website. They have a great news section. They have a great blog, but they really wanted to focus on more Vegas content. So they partnered with Vital Vegas. So now it's kind of vitalvegas at casino.org. You can still get to the site through uh, vitalvegas.com, but you can also go to casino.org slash vitalvegas and, and find all the same content. They've been fantastic. They they don't mind my snark. They don't uh, mind my being an idiot and sharing rumors and opinions and speculation. They give me zero editorial oversight and guidance, which is just the way I like it. So it's been a very smooth transition. Thank you for asking. Uh, it's great for me because I can do this full time as my job rather than kind of as as more of a hobby. I did it. Uh, I kind of treated it like a job, but it it was unlike a job in that it did not generate <laughs> revenue because I didn't have time for all that. But uh, but thank you for asking. Yes, it was a big deal for me, and, and uh, it will be an ongoing partnership. Well, yeah, and talk just for a few minutes, if you would, about Casino.org itself. Uh, I know that, that name. That's a, a, a really it's a good it's a good team to partner up with, and especially they have that hands-off approach with you, which makes it even better because that's when you're at your best. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, it was really – it's an impressive organization uh, because they do uh, – they uh, the, the bulk of their revenue comes from online casinos. Well, you know, online gambling is not really a thing in the U.S. yet. It's, it's legal in a couple of places. But for the most part, they, uh, they have a focus on Europe. And, um, you know, Vegas, of course, is still the mecca of gambling in the world. So that was their interest in me was kind of like, let's have somebody who boots on the ground in Las Vegas. Um, They give a lot of advice, uh, just objective advice about products online and and, uh, services online. It really has no effect on me. Uh, There's no advertising on my portion of the site, which I love. There's no, I don't have to plug anything. I don't have to, I just do what I do. So it was really a perfect partnership because I always wanted to stay independent. I have no affiliation with any Las Vegas casino and that's still the case. And this just gives me the opportunity to do what I do and be completely um, I'm not beholden to any Las Vegas entity, casino, restaurant, anything else, even though I'm sometimes accused of that because when I rave about something, everybody assumes I'm getting money to do that. I, I'm not. I'm just doing it because I love doing it, and I want people to have a great time in Vegas. That's my main purpose, and Casino.org kind of – they got the vision, and they realized that sometimes being funny and snarky or trying to be those things actually makes – uh, content more engaging. So they do straight news, and then they've got me as their kind of little bastard, redheaded stepchild, <laughs> stirring up trouble, sharing rumors, digging up scoop, grabbing these internal documents nobody else can get. Uh, and I can, I can do things that others can't. And they've just been, they've been a great partner. Thanks, Scott. For a great look into the daily activities in Las Vegas, you got to check out Scott's site, vitalvegas.com. Coming up next is Sports Rock and Tours. Just go to Sports R-A-C-X wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Sports R-A-C-X. It's short for Sports Rock and Tours. And please follow both Vegas Never Sleeps and Sports Rock and Tours on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Manchie reminding you, Vegas Never Sleeps. Oh, Vegas, here we go!